I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Alive Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and in today's little old episode, I got to chat with the writer of Blue Mind, Wallace Nichols. He is a pretty big deal in the world of environmental science and ocean protection. Uh, GQ magazine calls him the keeper of the sea. Outside Magazine calls him a visionary. He's got a PhD in wildlife ecology and evolutionary biology. He's a writer, best-selling book we got in front of me here, Blue Mind. Really, really radical book and a really fascinating conversation. Significantly different than what I was anticipating um, just before the conversation, I believe just, just weeks before. Um, his father had passed away, and it might have been less time than that. It was an Earth Day. I'm not sure how many days that was exactly before. But um, so the conversation went down a completely different direction than I had expected or anticipated, and we went with it like we do here in the podcast. And um, I just loved it. I had I was I was bubbling over with um, intrigue in the conversation. We got into uh, death and life and the role of water and fluid dynamics in this whole wacky wild game that we're playing called life. You squeeze a snowball and it melts and you squeeze a handful of water and it goes between your fingers and you can't. So um, if you try to sculpt you know, this, the science of water, you just get wet and make a big mess and you get nothing. And so you do need, uh, I felt like this conversation required the art and the poetry and the stories to be woven in um, abundantly. Interesting quote by, uh, actually, I got a couple things. One was by Albert Camus, which is, he's the founder of absurdism, the philosophical perspective of absurdism. And um, what he says is that the only, or the greatest philosophical problem is whether or not to end it all, commit suicide, OMG, what are we talking about? I think it is absolutely incredible <laughs> that every individual has the complete choice to be here or not. And uh, it's a lot of us, I feel like we, we kind of, we feel like we need to suffer through this thing or just grind through or, you know, wait for retirement to be happy and do the things that you want to do or have sex or whatever you're into. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that suffering is a choice. I think that happiness is a choice or following your passion, whatever, whatever nonsense. And everybody, it would be in everyone's favor to step back and recognize that hold on one second I am choosing to be here and I can choose however I want to animate my reality 
life doesn't just happen to me. I can go out and make this bitch happen. And uh, that's kind of sort of what we what we get into in the conversation. Um, another quote that I want to say by Mr. John Updike is: "Each day we make a we we wake slightly altered, and the person we were yesterday is dead. So why one could say be afraid of death when death comes all the time?" That's John Updike. I don't know where he said it, but I think that's a, an interesting thought that the, the you from yesterday is is gone. You know, you are the whirlpool. You are the river. When you look down at the river, you think you see the same river. You do not. Every single molecule of that sucker is completely different. What you are seeing is a pattern. You are seeing a perpetuation of a pattern. And you, John Williams, and me, Aaron Alexander. We are a perpetuation of this pattern, this mold, and the mold is changing. Just the way that evolution of the rocks and the the erosion and such changes slowly changes the river. But every time you look at yourself in the mirror, you are absolutely, completely different than the body mind. That you had looked at seconds earlier. We are all just this flowing river. Come on now. Maybe that's a little bit too out there for a lot of people, but uh, it might be interesting for some. So uh, check out the website AlignTherapy.com. A-L-I-G-N Therapy.com. On there, you will find hundreds of free videos on self-care and functional movement. You'll find the self-care kit, which is a hollow foam roller with screw-on lids to keep uh, two different size mile-fast release balls in there. Heavy duty elastic band with a door anchor so you can adjust the height of that little sucker and uh, comes along with video guide on how to use it and uh, I think it's great I use it with myself I use it with uh, all my clients and um, check it out we are doing all sorts of great work at the website so get on there check it out we're gonna do a big old video uh, course package it's gonna be coming out next month and um, check me out in Austin Texas going to teach in paleo FX here in a couple weeks come on out we're gonna talk about movement and self-care and all that stuff and um, por favor thank you so much for leaving reviews on iTunes um, as I've mentioned before every once in a while I have been brought to tears just by reading people saying nice things I'm, I'm such a little sissy to like that um, utilize the Amazon portal on the website please and thank you make bookmark that little tab every time you buy something on Amazon it is so so helpful to uh, kick down some little, little aspect of that purchase towards me it costs you absolutely Absolutely nothing and supports the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here we go. Back to the shizay with my man Wallace Nichols. Bum 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 bam. Align podcast. Is there anything that you would absolutely love to dig into with the conversation or anything like that? Or what are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, just I'll give you a little a little update. Um, uh, my my dad died on Earth Day, okay. uh, and out in Arizona. So I've been kind of handling that and um, processing the the loss and managing the uh, the details. Yeah. Um, and to make it you know not just a sad story. Um, uh, well, he he left on Earth Day, which was remarkable. Uh, and you know, I will never, ever, ever 
think about Earth Day the same way. Yeah. Uh, it is now a celebration of the Earth and my father. Um, awesome. And being back by the ocean, coming back from Arizona and being here by the ocean has been uh, really helpful. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and he had another insight into Blue Mind and uh, why people come to the edge of big water to right. celebrate, to mourn, to grieve, to make love, to get romantic, to whatever, right. all of it. Right. Uh, from end to end. So yeah. um, anyway, just uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, I'd let you know that in case I just lose it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> you know, just, Emotions are beautiful, man. I mean, yeah, there it is. It's, so I'm just, I'm giving you the heads up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I thanks for thanks for being willing to to talk still. Yeah. That's oh, really, yeah. really radical yeah. of you. Um, well, there's a lot of things that I'd like to talk about in relation yep. to death and life and yep. ocean and water and the womb and fluid going back and coming. And so it's kind of an interesting thing that, that uh, I mean, that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Oh, good. Right. There you go. Actually, so <laughs> yeah. maybe that's just what we can talk about. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, uh, real yeah yeah well um we're all we we're recording right now the, the that first part anything can be edited out you don't have to have if there's you can you know all of a sudden anything yeah. that you say or whatever it's like you just let's just take that part out that's no problem so yeah. if you well, I, and i'm i'm uh i sort of set my career up in such a way that i i don't have to worry about that i mean i don't I, you know i'm on i'm not on anybody's payroll or yeah. There's no talking points memo that I need to right. look over my shoulder and say, whoops, I right. you know, wasn't supposed to say that. I right. say whatever I want. So Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And that's it's it's such a cool thing in this in this wacky world of podcasting where it's like I'm just a guy with an office that talk, <laughs> talked a lot and I was like, yeah. you know what, I think it would be cool to talk to other people and broadcast this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's so ha not. having having that medium where it's like, yeah, it's it's uncensored. Whatever you have, you know, whatever feels real, as opposed to having like the CNN news, Fox News, whatever right. bullshit. So well, advertisers, you know, right, all that stuff. It's nonsense. Yeah. Well, so what have you been doing in, in relation to like the morning process? What's what's that? Is it? A uh, you know, I mean, the way he, you know, the the way he left. Um, it was such a gift, uh, and it just I, I'm just I'm trying on the way these things sound because I haven't said it really out loud uh, before. <laughs> right. um, but um, it was Earth Day, and he had a traumatic brain injury. Um, so I spent the week with the neurologist, and so I was like, "Wow, this is fascinating and sad at the same time yeah. to be looking at these brain scans, and they're my dad's brain." But they're really cool and beautiful and messed up because of the bleeding and and, uh, and then for him to to leave on Earth Day, the first evening of Passover, um, on a full moon, wow. um, at the corner of Osborne Road and Drinkwater Boulevard, I was like, Dad, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you trying to tell me here? 
right. uh, nothing or are all these things like do they fit together in some crazy way and that in a, in uh, in a way made it made it better yeah. uh, it was like wow thank you for that and maybe you know I'm just gonna keep charging on on what I've, I've been doing yeah. uh, it was like you know, you can read what you want into those kinds of things. I decided to read into it that dad, dad says kick kick more ass. You know, that's um, the what I'm reading into it. And so, um, there, you know, there are barriers to any new big idea. And now I just have more, uh, more steam yeah. to uh, crash through them. Thanks, thanks to dad's death. And it just sounds so crazy to say it that way but it's like um he was a supportive guy uh, and now his his legacy and his memory and then the way he left just feels like more more support uh cool. not less and so right. um so the, the other part of it is the you know the, the logistics of end of life and the memorial service and the practicalities of a of the body, you know, what do you do with a body and who, who decides and then what? And, um, it's a stressful thing, you know, everybody is going to have to deal with it in some way or shape or form. Um, and so just going, going to the beach, going to the water, uh, is, is my, my outlet. And, uh, when I was in Arizona, um, I would walk up the mountain behind their house and watch the sunrise, uh, which had a you know similar kind of effect. And sort of you know the, the sun came up over the superstition mountains uh, every morning, and beautiful, absolutely stunning. Uh, and uh, they live they live in a town called Fountain Hills, uh, which has a big giant fountain in the middle of it, right. in the middle of the hills. Uh, it's the world's tallest continually operating fountain. So there's a lake that I would go to as well, and that's where we we walked a lap around the lake the morning after he died, the whole family and some friends. And um, but uh, another another kind of crazy thing that we came back from the hospital after he died. We walked in the door. Had you know my whole family, his grandkids, my brother, my mom. Open the door and there's this box addressed to my mom. Open the box and there's a, sh- a T-shirt, a black T-shirt for everybody in the family, perfectly sized, and it says "It's a Nichols thing" across the chest. That dad, dad had ordered them, and they arrived the day he died uh, to my mom, and they fit all of us. And so we put those on and took a walk around the lake. Uh, in his memory and it was kind of I was like wow dude how did you do that like what were you right. what's going on here and it was like a, a really cool thing yeah. and the timing you know um, so there was all that that just I guess made made the whole thing a little bit easier nothing easy about it at all really but um, right. uh, those those uh, occurrences or coincidences whatever yeah. Uh, made it made it more beautiful so yeah 
it's yeah. it's interesting like hearing you talk it sounds like there's there's so much beautifulness that has come out of that you know conceivably horrible horrible event you know and it's yeah. just, it's it's so yeah. interesting our our perception on events you know and that's like basic stoic philosophy one-on-one in fact you have a quote in your book from marcel proust who wrote the longest book in the history it's like eight million pages <laughs> you know and it's all about you know i actually wrote it down what is it real let me get my, my face back to the yeah. microphone real real voyage of discovery consists not so much of seeking new territory but possibly in having never wait 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 changing up your eyes i, I, yes, I scribbled it out I, it was like dark when yeah. i was right <laughs> looking at it with new eyes yeah. You know, it's, it's, and that's just it new lenses new eyes new ways of new ways of seeing what's familiar and uh new ways of thinking about your dad new ways of thinking about your mom new ways of thinking about water uh uh that's it makes makes life rich you know yeah. that's yeah yeah totally so are you guys going to do something in relation to water for the for the ceremonies and such coming uh i am um i'm not necessarily imposing it totally on the whole the whole gathering uh yeah i'd like to give everybody a blue marble that comes but i think that might just be a little little much for everybody but he he was a pretty public guy and the memorial is going to be huge and so we've, we've moved it into the it's on a basketball court um at the boys and girls club uh there in Fountain Hills, Arizona. So we're, it's just going to be a big community event, probably 500 people and lots of friends and family flying in yeah. from out of town. And, uh, and it'll, there'll be a lot of, he just lived a very generous life in, in every way, mentoring young people and um, anonymously gifting meals to people who needed it. Um, just from really, like I can go on and on and on, but he was, he was a giver, not a taker, and cool. did it really well and uh, better than I ever, ever knew. And so there are people coming out of the woodwork, literally, saying, I, I'm, I'm coming. Uh, awesome. And so I'm just going to kind of like manage the lemonade, I guess. I don't know. Just make sure there's enough, <laughs> enough uh, ice tea for everybody and right. you know, the, the, the PA system works. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, but then we're gonna go drink, I yeah. guess, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. What? That's yeah. I think there's a couple of things I want. You know, one thing you ever listen to Alan Watts, really radical yeah. philosopher, oh, yeah. and yeah. that's one of the things that he mentions in one of his one of his thing one of his like spoken YouTube videos. I listen to a lot. Is uh, you know in our culture, especially from like if you come from like a Catholic perspective or what have you, uh, not that I do, but we look at moving on passing on as being like this amazing celebrate you go to heaven you know you yeah. go you move on to like the pearly gates but then it's interesting we were kind of contrived with our perception of it yeah you know it's, it's supposed to be a celebration it's supposed to be a celebration it's I think. better but everybody's so freaking depressed about it and sad and it's just kind of this uh doesn't quite line up i you know my i've had lots of conversations the last couple of weeks about death and what I think about it. And I, you know, my answer straight up is I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. None. I mean, if I did, I'd be sitting right here with the Dalai Lama and the Pope and they'd be, I'd be advising them right now. I wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd be busy. 
right. telling everybody what they needed to know about that big, biggest question. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, how would I know? So that's the honest answer. I'm not, I'm not offering anything more than that. Right. But the part I do know, I know what happens to bodies you know, of any living organism yeah. when, they're, when they're evacuated. I know what happens, and, and you can study that. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's, it's incredible, actually, what happens when our bodies deteriorate and return to the soil or return to the water. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's amazing. And I know what happens with memories. They go on and on and on. And I know what happens with inspiration. And I know how my kids feel about Grandpa, and I know how some of the many thousands of people he's touched feel. And it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely magical and inspiring and satisfying. So the part that I really have to honestly answer I don't know to um, is just a mystery. But the part that I can say I do know about this is hugely uh, incredible and satisfying. And for me, it's enough of, uh, to make life worth fighting for and living. Yeah. And so that's kind of where, that's kind of where I live. It's maybe it's a little pragmatic and a little, maybe sounds like a scientist, but um, we're going to celebrate everything we know uh, about uh, his life and his legacy and his physicality and what he did and what he changed for the better, and uh, and that's enough, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm rolling in through this process. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you, you know, talking about like the memories go on, I think is a really interesting point. You know, it's like if you look at the human organism, you know, we have cellular apoptosis happening right now. Literally billions of cells. Like I go like this with my arm. I just run my hand against my arm. I just scuffed off thousands or millions or billions of cells. You know, and it's like, but what is important with that, you look at, think of like the hive mind you know, and how you get enough bees together, eventually they start to form a hive. And I feel like we're doing that in our human, in our tribal societies or in our, mm. you know, larger society, whatever it is. And I think it's, I mean, maybe I'm getting too, a little too analytical, you know, but, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing. It's like during your time frame here, while you pop out and are peaking around the world, it's like your opportunity to kind of continue, progress you know, and then you move back into the soil yeah. or into the water, and then yeah. the, the the wheels keep on turning. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I had a, a I have two kids, and and uh, we've we've had a lot of pets, and sometimes the pets die, and you bury them. And uh, my daughter, when she was little, asked. We had a, a dog named Blue and another dog named Red, and we buried them both under the plum tree in the front yard. And my daughter Julia, when she was little, asked. You know what? What happened? What happens to them? And where'd they go? And you know, so when you're a dad and you have a little kid, there's this opportunity to just make some shit up, you know, and just kind of say, "Doggy heaven," you know. Let's talk about that. And it makes them feel a little better to think that the dogs are in doggy heaven, you know, <laughs> running around chasing yeah. virtual bones or flying around. I don't know. And but I didn't go that route. I just said they're their bodies are, are disintegrating and being com- becoming part of the soil and it's feeding the plum tree. 
and uh, you know the worms are getting in there and the roots are getting in there and the tree will make more plums and my little girl said that makes sense when you put red and blue together you get purple and you get purple plums dad and then the birds will eat the plums and then the birds will poop the seeds all over the canyon and then more trees will grow and then you know more birds will eat the seeds and then in and then she was just like wow our dogs our dogs are everywhere in this whole canyon and i was like wow that that's incredible that this mind of this little girl just went went there and got it and understood the connection to water and soil and trees and dogs and wildlife and uh the food we can eat and uh and i told her you can dig into that story as deep as you want for the rest of your life it'll only get better you'll never hit the end of that story you can dig and dig and dig down like literally to the sub molecular level down to the atoms you know the subatomic level you can just keep going into that story and it'll continue to blow your mind yeah and and there it is yeah and you'll be right in terms of what's going on you don't and it's not a it'll be ecumenical and acceptable and real and it's just, you know, that's how this feels too with, with that. It's just kind of like, wow, this is maybe, you know, a time, a time for mourning and, you know, we're all real sad about it and time for celebration and reflecting a, a bit on a guy's great life of you know, generosity. Right. And so, right. um, yeah, there it is. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's interesting. Like, so, you know, here, I do structural integration, you know, helping people get their, their structures organized and move better. And I think that from a, a psychological perspective, I think that maybe one of the most uh, effective integrators of our society is these common traits that we all have. You know, everyone gets lost in like, I'm better than you because I make more money than you and I'm more important and my time is very valuable and I have 20 minutes. And you get wrapped up in this ball that you think it's, you know, you can call it your ego or whatever you want to call it, that you think is so important. And then your son passes away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, or whatever, whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. you know, one of the things I, I, you know, with like a lighter note with that that I make jokes about is like, if the whole world, I think the president of the United States, the whole world should need to see him take a dump. <laughs> and it would be like he's, he's a guy he's a real guy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well that's kind of i mean in a way that's sort of what that you know the white house correspondence dinner is it's like you bring a bunch of serious people you know the journalists the celebrities the politicians into a room together give them some alcohol and coffee right and then bring some comedians in yeah. and just like rip them apart and it's just it's a bit like everybody's taking a dump in the room, you know, I mean, it kind of, kind of like that. It's humor, humor, that kind of humor can be really humbling and exposing and, you know, people just have to react because the camera's in their face and it's like, you're, you're going to look like a jerk or you're going to get pissed or are you just going to laugh and be, you know, be kind of the same as everybody else is. But yeah, I I, I agree. I think that's, (laughs) That level of humility is, it's good. Good to check in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As often as possible. Get your butt kicked a little bit in whatever way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. You know, so one of the one of the, the things I was I was looking at in your book was the the mention of uh, suicides in by happening often near the ocean. You know, it makes it makes it makes a ton of sense. So it's like it's it's all you know. It's like oh, the ocean. It's you know decreases cortisol. It makes you more relaxed, and it makes you know all this stuff that's really good. It's like, and it's a really great place to end it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a great great movie. Um, it's one of my dad's favorites called The End. And Dom DeLuise and, and Burt Reynolds. And if you haven't seen it, just check it out. Um, but at the, at the end of the movie, The End, Burt Reynolds' character is, is basically, he's been trying to commit suicide in, in the whole movie. And, and it's a comedy, by the way. So, um, and in the end, he decides he's going to do it in the ocean. And he you know, relaxes and then takes a swim straight out. And gets gets out there, gets his blue mind on, gets way offshore, and then decides that he wants to live, and, but he has to make the swim back. And so this, the whole thing switches, and he's making all of these promises uh, to the higher power that if you get me back to shore, I will do this, and I will give this, and I will do that. Um, but it's a you know great um, comedic depiction of how. Being near the water, or being in the water, uh, clears our minds to the point that we can um, relax and get to a different level, mm-hmm. and that can be used to to do maybe the hardest thing one could could ever think of doing, which would be taking your own life. Um, um, as horrible as that sounds, I mean, it's a ridiculous kind of juxtaposition, but uh, it's not easy to do that for, for a reason. We are, you know, self-perpetuating beings and we hold our own lives, you know, in high, very high regard and we take care of ourselves generally. Um, and so, you know, the, the situation I wrote about in the book was a man who turns out was terminally ill, uh, apparently felt like he was putting an unnecessary burden on, on his family. Um, didn't live near the ocean uh, and decided that the best thing to do would be to take his own life. Uh, and he could have done it in the garage. He could have done it in the parking lot over, you know, in San Jose. But he didn't. He he pulled out a map and the map was actually on the seat of his car, hmm. uh, the car that he left behind. Uh, pulled out a map and looked, clearly looked for the blue part. And drove to it and looked for the, the stretch of coast with the fewest people as to not inconvenience or hurt anybody and ended up in my backyard and uh, took a parked the car, took a walk across Highway 1, took a walk down the trail, went out on the, on the cliffs and looked at the ocean and, and shot himself in the heart. And uh, uh, there's something to that. And that choice that he made, a series of choices, a series of decisions, um, not all destructive. In fact, um, considerate in in some ways. Uh, and I just happened to be the last person to speak to him. We were walking. It was a beautiful day, absolutely beautiful day. Uh, a lot of wildlife in the ocean, and and uh, we just crossed paths on on the trail. And, uh, and then I found him later on, uh, like laying down across the railroad tracks and, you know, there were 
wasn't a resuscitation situation. He was, he was gone. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's extreme, maybe an extreme example of what we get, um, from being that time spent by the water. It's a mind clearing, uh, transformative, um, opening up that allows us to do, to do new things, to, to think differently, um, to be more creative, you know, in assuming that your intention is not to end your life, assuming your intention is to live your life better, uh, that time by the water, you know, I think allows you to do that and, uh, be more creative, be more connected to yourself, be more connected to those that you're with. Um, if your intentions are romantic, there is no better place for that than near, in, on, or underwater. Um, it's, you know, the level of intimacy goes up um, in that situation. And so, uh, that yeah, I just, I've, I've known that. And I think you've known that, like, all, all of our lives. Um, but as a scientist, I wanted to know why. You know, that's kind of the, the, the problem with scientists is the why part. Why, 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 why? Why this? Why that? Why, you know, yeah. why are we here? Why are we talking about this? Why does the water make me feel good? Yeah. Um, and I thought that, that there would be a book with the why answer that I was looking for. And there wasn't a book. And I looked and looked and looked. And the book hadn't been written. Mm. And... Uh, so I tried to convince some other people to write it, and I failed at that. <laughs> they wouldn't do it. And so the default was write it, write mm. the book. Yeah. And that took a while. And, uh, but that was, that, you know, my intention was to read, read the book I wrote. So right. um, but I had to write it first. Yeah, I feel the same way about a certain subject as well. I'm, I'm thinking about right now. It's uh, in, in the works. I guess I got a bunch of okay. crap going on right now. <laughs> but you know, it's it's interesting. You know, when you look at the the why, and you get into like you put your science goggles on what all this is, and I think that we're so limited in our capacity. And you look at like scientism, you know, or like the religion of science. I'm making yeah. that up, I think, you know, or I've heard that before, but it's not a real thing, you know, but it's like, it's almost, it's like grabbing, grabbing a, uh, a bar of soap, you know, it's like the harder that you squeeze onto that bar, the less likely you are of holding onto it. Yeah. The further you yeah. get away, all of a sudden the soap's, yeah. you know, slipping down the hallway. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we see when you do go to an ocean or go to like, you know, really strong rapids or what, you know, Niagara Falls or what have you. And if you can, again, kind of absorb yourself into that in infinity of, wow, I am water and I am minuscule. And this, any point this wave could kill me and my family and my whole town and the glaciers are melting. And there's just like, you are so, 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 so small. You know, and we and we and we for, and we forget about it, and we move on, and we and we have this confidence and this ego, and then it was like those moments that you can reconnect, and I think that's why it's a great place to make love and commit suicide. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Ironically, both, or maybe it totally. I makes, think it's it the same thing. Man. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, love and death, right? Sex, love and death, and and sugar, I guess, and they got their sugar somehow. <laughs> but uh, evil. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, the funny thing is like when you, yeah, when you squeeze too hard, that was a, a bit of the, the tension in, in working on this book and this topic is 
um, not wanting to squeeze too hard. I mean, and the thing about water, you squeeze it, you try to squeeze it and you're going nowhere. So you just can't. It's, you know, you squeeze a snowball and it melts and you squeeze a handful of water and it goes between your fingers and you can't. Yeah. So um, if you try to sculpt, you know, this, the science of water, you just get wet and make a big mess and you get nothing. Right. And so you do need, uh, I felt like this conversation required the art and the poetry and the stories to be woven in um, abundantly uh, or else it would just be super boring and wrong probably right. and just technically, you know, dull and not um, capture the, this, sense of blue mind that uh, that we all you know we all have experienced and uh Celine Cousteau wrote a, a beautiful uh forward to the to the book and um you know her grandfather was one of my heroes Jacques Cousteau and and she she was tentative at first because she thought okay we're, let's let's not go there because we will just this is this ocean water thing is so magical for every, for everybody and we're just going to wreck it and the more we got into the conversation the more she realized that by trying to explain the magic you're not destroying the magic you're just nope. probably making more magic so uh the way i think about it is if the island of knowledge grows you get longer longer beaches there's more beach the bigger the island of knowledge, the more beach to explore. Yeah. I love beaches and I love exploring them. I love walking them and they're magical. And so the bigger the island of knowledge, the more beach there is. And that's the way we, we kind of approached it. Mm. And she bought into that that metaphor and and wrote a beautiful foreword that basically describes that journey that she went on in this conversation. Like, wow, okay, don't explain the magic. That will That will bum me out. And then she flipped over and she's like, my grandfather would be into this. Let's do it. And then that's kind of where the, the forward ends and, and the book begins. And, uh, um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of the, that's what this intersection is about is it bring, bring the science, bring the brain scans, bring, bring the, you know, the, the neurochemistry, bring all the tools we've got and all the insights of this, you know, incredible golden age of, of brain research that we're living in, bring it, bring it to water, bring it to music, bring it to exercise, you know, bring it, bring it to our understanding of the world around us. Yeah. Um, and let's, let's try to live better. And, uh, and in a way it, it takes us right back to some very, very old ideas, ancient wisdom. Some people call it thousands of years ago. People were talking about this. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I've read, I've read the whole Bible, and I'm, I'm certainly not a preacher by any means, but there's a, a psalm called the 23rd Psalm that basically, to paraphrase it, goes something like, if you're, if you're walking through the valley of death and you've got your red mind on and just the shit is hitting the fan, what do you want? You want a, a meadow and some calm water just to take a nap, chill out. So find the meadow, find the calm water, and relax. Mm. That's in the Bible. I mean, it's the 23rd Psalm. It's a, one of the great passages. Yeah. So, when, you know, 
that's red mind and blue mind right there. Like water, nature is medicine. Right. You know, when life is hard, when evil's all around, find it, get there. Just unplug. <laughs> they didn't say it that way then, but unplug and chill out by the water. Listen to the sound of the water. Yeah. You know, lay down in, in the meadow, put out a blanket, you know, look at the sky. Um, so ancient, ancient ideas that have been written down thousands of years ago hmm. that we're now taking some modern science and saying, you know, what's that about? Why does that work? And then underlining it, really, and hopefully reminding people, uh, as you do in your work, you know, remind people of things they kind of already know or they've, you know, they knew before and they've forgotten. Yeah, that's Just simple reminders and nudges to say, okay, when you're feeling this way, try this. Um, when you're feeling out of whack, out of line, uh, incoherent, try this and it'll, it'll line you up a little better. If you're feeling stuck, try this. Um, and a lot of the, you know, the things in Blue Mind, a lot of the things I know in, in your work are, they're free. <laughs> it's all free. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. Totally free. Yeah. Like just you know, stand up, start walking over there right. and do this. And then you hit the water and then do something when you get there. Uh, it's free, you know, uh, as long as we maintain the freeness of it, we, you know, there's this potential and, um, maybe that's why it, it hasn't, you know, some of these things don't get institutional support, uh, or, you know, government agency support or business support, um, because it's hard to monetize, uh, this sort of, you know, blue mind, uh, experience, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I think of the you know the the blue mind as being that integration, you know of uh, okay. Once you are in touch with a living organism, there was something in your book in relation to when people are looking at an aquarium, one that has greater diversity of life tends yeah. to make us more tranquil. Yeah. Right. You know, a similar thing was if you're it's a heart surgery, you know, if you look at some like geometric patterns or a blank wall, you require more pain medication than if you're looking at a water scene or a forest or whatever it is. You know, yeah. we have so many just obvious, yeah. obvious indicators that the further that we get away from our nature, the more resistance and stress and fire we end up creating in our nervous system. Yeah. You know, and then that's the, what you call the red mind, fire, yeah. red. Wow. Yeah. And that's necessary. Red mind's good. Red mind will get you through the day, get you to the deadline, get you up the mountain. Yeah. It'll get you out of trouble. But if you are all about red mind, uh, your, your cells will break right. straight up. I mean, you, you, you will fall apart. You're at every, every, all of your systems will break down uh, if you don't have, you know, have both. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm not an anti-red mind guy. I'm, I even have my red t-shirt, my red sweat hoodie on here, but right. red is good. Red is, red, red is about survival. Um, but blue is about life and, and, uh, maintenance and, you know, creativity. And, uh, and I think we're tipping, you know, obviously in, in increasingly in the red mind mode in terms of information and connectedness yeah. and go, go, go. And, Sleep less, work harder, uh, accumulate more, um, communicate more, um, and you gotta you gotta find the off button. Uh, you gotta you gotta remember just to spend time alone uh, outside. You gotta remember to move. 
um, get wet. Uh, it's interesting. I, I work on a lot of sea turtle stuff over the years, and um, several projects that I've been involved in are uh, have been very successful. Uh, and the you know the goals that they set out to achieve are are being achieved. So the the population of turtles is going up, and the imperative to do the work is flattening out along with the funding, but they need to keep going. Otherwise, the populations of these animals will go down. So starting to think about different ways to describe what it is that they do. And some, you know, these are turtle beaches out in remote areas and people come and volunteer on them. And it turns out some of the people who volunteer on these remote turtle beaches uh, have not experienced solitude mm. ever. And they get out on these walks, these beach walks, way out at two in the morning, two miles out of camp, and they find themselves alone, truly alone, for the first time yeah. ever. And they feel different. They might be a little nervous, but then they, they're asked to walk home back to the camp on their own. And it's a challenge to them to walk down the beach by themselves with no electronics, with nobody to talk to, uh, with no signs, no lights. And they, they experience solitude and a certain peace of mind for the first time. Right. And so what we're realizing is these, these projects that were set up to save sea turtles are now schools of empathy mm -hmm. or, or, or solitude camps. And, and that sounds terrible, but I mean, in the best possible way, you know, places for people to experience moments of solitude and quiet uh, and grow their empathy in ways that they haven't experienced in their, their urban connected lifestyles. Right. Um, and so it's, you know, it's just kind of a, a cool application of these, these blue mind ideas to some existing programs that are struggling to keep their funding going uh, from a, a biological conservation perspective uh, in terms of their protection of biodiversity but, you know, describing what they're doing as also being for, you know, health and well-being, mental health, uh, particularly of, of, for youth who, you know, have um, maybe never, you know, experienced themselves truly uh, outside of the context of their, you know, the, their cities and, and uh, social uh, digital um, interactions. And... Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty exciting application of some of these ideas to something I've worked on um, for many years in the past. Yeah. You know, connecting people to themselves. Yeah, it's it's ironic because I feel like no one in modernity, maybe not no one, but a very low percentage of people experience real, genuine out in the forest solitude. But at the same time we are experiencing more solitude than ever before in history. Yeah. You know, and what yeah. it is, it's like this, this new type of resistance is happening where we have a bunch of artificial, almost solitude, but mm -hmm. always reaching out for this contact point via social media, yeah. whatever it is. And so we're kind of, it's like we always have the, the gas and the brake on at the same time. And eventually we, we burn out our carburetor and our brake pads and everything. <laughs> You know, and I, I feel like that's kind of a place where we're at, where it's like, 
if we could have real, genuine, deep connection and then real, genuine, deep solitude, full throttle each yeah. direction, I yeah. think we would have a more robust organism yeah. as a whole. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think, and you get into the semantics of it a bit, but solitude, uh, isolation, um, loneliness. So, you know, is, does solitude always mean loneliness? No, not necessarily. Um, semantics. And I think about, you know, I think the kind of solitude I'm, I'm talking about is, is um, voluntary, uh, where you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give this a shot. I'm going to choose some alone time uh, versus um, involuntary, which is, you know, being locked away or socially shunned, you know, from your community. And that's a, that causes stress. I mean, that, that's a whole other conversation. Um, when it's imposed and it's involuntary, it right. it causes stress. It doesn't. It's not peaceful and and zen like. It's quite the opposite. Uh, but when it's something that you're, you feel like you're in control of, and you choose, um, you know, to isolate yourself and to be, to be alone and and to experience solitude, then it's incredibly empowering, and you you open doors uh, in your mind that that haven't been opened. Uh, whether it's on a turtle beach or you know, I don't know how much you've you've tested out the uh, the flotation uh, world, float spas, yep. um, float tanks, you know, sensory deprivation tanks. Uh, they're beginning in popularity, and I think it's right in right in line with this conversation. People who live modern modern lifestyles in you know more crowded places yeah. crave. Um, that crave blue mind. They really do. And once, once they realize that it's available, uh, at a, you know, down the street, they, they subscribe and climb into these tanks, you know, on a weekly basis, just to, just to have true quiet and rest, um, for 90 minutes and get, you know, every, it feels like a week, a week long vacation packed into 90 minutes. And, hmm. um, not for you know, not for everybody necessarily, but um, our friend Stephen Curry, who's currently uh, lighting up the NBA, he floats on a weekly basis and took his game from great to epic this season. And uh, he claims part of that is uh, you know has something to do with that you know that float experience. So it's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Lots of creative people, you know, climb into these float pods and uh, test it out. You know, so I, I have no, I have no stock in float centers. I don't, I don't own one. I'm, I just, uh, I think it's really interesting. And if, if you haven't tried it, I suggest that people check it out. Right. And if it, if it works for you, um, you know, keep doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you look at the the language difference. Language is so crucially important to our perception of ourselves and our reality and everything. You know, you it just takes something like the word solitude. You know, you think, you know, the stoic, you know, out on the sea and on the front and Titanic and, you know, whatever it is. You know, and then you think loneliness. Yeah. And you're like, oh, get away from me. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, and it's like I, I personally, you know, I've dealt with a whole 
lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I almost have like this like witness perspective on myself. Like a lot of the most interesting awarenesses that I have kind of brought to the surface of myself are a product of this kind of maybe discomfort Mm -hmm. in solitude transformed into, well, screw it. Maybe I'll smoke some weed and really go into this thing and see what happens, you know? And then I write and I draw and I come out and it's like, I got some gifts for you guys. You know, I brought, it sucked for me, you know, but, but here it is. Yeah, you know, I think that that's that's something. Not that you need to smoke weed. Weed's legal in Oregon, yeah. by the way. So, yeah. like, I can say that it's fine. You know, but it's like I don't think it's mandatory. But I think it is. It can be a really important tool. The same with yeah. mourning. The same with you know all of these different things. It's like we have a resistance around it, and then it's also the greatest tool that we have in the same time for mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think the the um, I think where where we're getting at here is this you know how how do you you know how do you experience the range of emotion good and bad that creates creates art creates expression that helps helps us find you know new better ideas that you know leads to creativity and and insight and and transformation and will it come you know on little screens and and apps i i i don't think so i mean maybe but or is there you need how do you achieve transformation and and sort of a you know a truly sort of psychedelic experience that takes you out of the norm to another level that gives you these insights that make the world better that you know give you insights into you know transformative technologies or or solutions or ideas or you know art music um and you know the the smaller smaller the screen and the flatter the screen uh the less i think that's likely the fewer the senses that are engaged the less likely it is so um the more motion and, and dimension and, and sensory input, the better. Yeah. Um, just, you know, kind of at the end of the Blue Mind book, I end up just kind of saying what it was all about in the first place, which is get in the water. Yeah. Just like close the book or you know, close down your, your e-reader, whatever, whatever you're, you know, reading on. Shut it down. Stand up and get in the water and that can be literally water or metaphorically water but get in it because you're not going to find you're not going to find much in square little screens and apps really very little Um, not to say that they aren't useful tools absolutely here we are having this conversation through you're you're in a little box on my little screen so great (laughs) it's great i'm not not a luddite and not saying you know Chuck, chuck everything out the window, um, but keep that off button handy, right. and and use it liberally, and uh, get in the water, splash around, and have it go up your nose and come out your mouth and in your ears and your eyes and you know feel it all, you know, freeze your butt off or you know, 
um, shiver on the beach and light a fire and do all, you know all that stuff. And uh, um, you know, the, I've seen some great ocean films, and I would trade any of them for 15 seconds in the ocean itself. <laughs> I mean, really epic films that took decades to make. You know, HD surround sound. IMAX, the whole bit where you're just like, wow, that is beautiful. And none of them comes anywhere close to like that ocean, right? Like if behind you, right where your head is on the screen, if I walk straight past you in 30 seconds, I would be in the ocean and that ocean right there. I take 10 seconds in that ocean over any, any film, you know, ever made. Absolutely. Um, for some pretty good reasons, because it's it's real. It's all of the senses engaged at the same time, and uh, nothing nothing comes close. Yeah. And these VR setups, and you know, you can go to Universal Studios and they'll blow your mind. They'll they'll spritz you with a little water to make you think that you're you know being sweat on by some monster. You know, and they'll shake shake the cage a little bit, and they'll give you some three D experience, and but just still, still just a little box. And, uh, um, and again, it's, you know, that's all cool too. I I think the technology is amazing. Um, and I, you know, encourage people to, you know, engage with it, but, um, log out (laughs) as often as possible. And don't forget, you know, that, that the grass, the meadow, you know, the lake, the river, it's also out there waiting for you. Yeah. 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 It's like when you are creating a robot, you know, it's like, he's, it's like we can make a robot to, that can beat the world's master in chess, you know, or, you know, all these amazing things like algorithms and wow, crazy, you know, but to get a robot to be able to successfully pour a cup of tea. Yeah. Right. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. You know, like it's going to happen and it's probably already happening. But, you know, going beyond that to get a robot to express love, you know, what, you know, what, whatever it may be. There's there's so many different variables that we're trying to isolate and reduce down and break down that eventually we have so many balls in the air. Right now we're juggling like 14 balls with technology and we're the goal is always, oh, can we do 15? Can we do 16? Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I think that we are going to get to a point, and we have repeatedly over time, time, time again, Einstein would probably agree with the nuclear bomb, you know, where it's like, the balls are going to probably fall, you know, <laughs> and then there's going back into the womb or nature, or whatever it is, where it's just like, it's just one ball, it's just one blue marble. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little reminder there. Speaking, speaking of, there's mine. I got mine right here. Yeah. <laughs> nice. On cue. <laughs> Beautiful, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that, that perspective, I mean, I, you know, it reminds me of the all the astronauts who have ever gotten up, you know, way, way, way out there and looked back at our planet. They've, they've all come back from that experience um, deeply changed. Yeah. Um, describe it now as the overview effect, which is a humbling um, response to seeing the earth from a, from a a great distance. Uh, And it's, you know, again, transformative for them. Uh, And uh, I think that's, that's what we're, 
we all need to continue to, to seek. And we're not going to all get to fly out, you know, and look, look back on the earth as a little blue marble. Um, but we can do other things that will, will, you know, alter our perspectives and, um, shake us out of our comfort zones and, uh, teach us lessons about what's, what's important. And, uh, those things come, you know, they come at, at times of loss, you know, grieving death, you get shifted and you, you see things differently. Uh, you know, and ideally you take your game up, up a level. Um, they come from, you know, deep immersive experiences in nature, uh, big feelings of awe and wonder where you're just, you, like you said, you feel small and but you feel good and you feel whole. And, uh, you know, those are, turns out those are moments where we build empathy, you know, both awe and grief can, can tip us, uh, into a place of, of great, greater empathy. And, uh, the world certainly needs more empathy. And I can just, just look at our current political cycle. And, um, the thing that I always pick up on there is, you know, is this the, that anything that sounds like empathy is considered weak uh, among um, certain certain voices and uh, loud voices um, named Trump, <laughs> for example. Sure. Uh, and you know that's that's not going to work. We we need more empathy, not less, uh, to get through these messes we're creating. So anything that's going to help you know, bring the level of empathy up rather than further diminish it is, is of interest. And one of the guys coming to our blue mind summit later this month here is, uh, uh, really into virtual reality. And the reason why I invited him to, to speak is that, uh, his angle on it is that he's not interested in selling headsets or selling, you know, VR content. He's interested in making empathy. Mm and using virtual reality to boost empathy as a tool uh, to help people become more uh, aware and empathetic about other places, other people, um, whether it's nature or a, a community that just got hit by a tsunami or um, you know, a, a range of social and environmental issues. And he sees virtual reality as a, as a way to do that. And so I said, you, my friend, are coming to speak at our our next conference because he's also an ocean guy, and uh, um, that you know that's that's where this the technology and the neuroscience and and then the the you know real world the nature uh, around us kind of intersect. And his name's Ando Shah, and uh, used to work at Google, and then just decided to switch things up and uh, took off from Mozambique to study the ocean and then kind of came back with this insight that he could be use his skills as a technologist to, to help the ocean. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, you probably have to go. So we're at yes. the, at the, at the end of the thing. So that was really, really cool. That was, I had no expectation of that going <laughs> to the direction of the room, but that was, that was awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Um, there's about a million other things that I would love. I'm like bubbling over with things that I want to <laughs> talk about, but we're already 32. So, uh, yeah. 
crap uh where do people we'll find back and yeah again yeah we gotta yeah. we gotta continue on man somehow maintain the same momentum so where do people find you and learn more about supporting what you're doing i think it's rad i love the book um how do people get involved uh yeah i have a, a blog uh website this is my name wallacejnichols.org and then that sort of links to uh, many different projects and and uh, words and images and uh collaborations uh, we have the, this growing network called the Blue Mind Collective. So bluemindcollective.com is, is the website for our, our annual meeting, uh, which is coming up in May here at Asilomar on the coast. Cool. And um, yeah, I, I mean, really, I'm, I'm not really, a, my internet strategy is, you know, as a communicator is um, really not to drive people to my website at all. <laughs> That sounds funny, but more just to go find what's out there or in different places and visit the various publications and you know podcasts like this that are taking the ideas and and chopping them up and making them into into new ideas and uh, that's what I I like. So um, with that, I'll say don't go to my website. <laughs> go, go somewhere else. Go log off. Go. Go outside, get in the water. Awesome, and then, man. Uh, and then to put a picture of your water on your website. Right. And probably the best, cool. best way to handle it. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, I will absolutely be seeing you in Santa Cruz at some point. I'm not sure when, but uh, I look forward to it. And if you ever make it up to Bend, Bend, Oregon. Yeah, Bend's awesome. A lot of rivers. We actually have a wave. We've they created a wave here in the river. It's like uh, 32 minutes from my house or so. So... So, Come on up. Do some river surfing with me. Yeah, that sounds great. Right. Yeah, excellent. Cool, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Align Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist, a massage therapist, all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.